1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Alec Feldman, the podcast from Wizard Radio. We've taken his show, broadcast live on Saturdays between 3 and 5, then cut out the songs, news, and other bits that aren't very interesting, leaving you with about an hour-ish of sweet, juicy content. Mm Mm-mm. mmm, content. Just one more thing. Don't bother sending in any messages, we'll probably never see them. You may be charged, but your entry won't be counted. Because this isn't live, obviously. It's a podcast. It's already happened. In the past. To get involved, just listen live on Saturdays between 3 and 5 on Wizard Radio Station. I'd like to be able to say you won't regret it, but I can't. This is Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio.
2: I'd like a steward's inquiry of the fresh list, please. That is an outrage that Elton John and Dua Lipa, they're not number one, they're not number two, not number three, they're, they're number 10. This is outrageous. Elton John did not do that performance at Global Citizens Live, the World Unite for COVID or whatever it was, that incredibly bad performance. He did not do that to land at number 10 in the fresh list. I'm calling for an inquiry, a recount, and justice for Elton.
1: It's Saturday. It's three o'clock. Now, live from Manchester, Alec Feldman.
2: That was Lil Huddy and Party Crasher, who is going to be appearing. On Wizard Radio this week is on James Gilmore's show on Friday. He'll be on after 6 p.m. I guess you could say he will be um, attending the show, not 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 crashing the party. No, he'd say that. Before that, Olivia Rodrigo Brutal. I'm Alec Feldman, and this is my world. Welcome to my brain fart. Basically, that's what this show is. I think about things and then say them for two hours every week that we do on a Saturday afternoon. And we have a nice time. I have a nice time, at least. Uh, Thanks for hanging out. On the show today, Halfords, Tough Mudders, Waterstones, The National Trust, all the brands. I also have decided I'm ready for a career change. I would like to become a life coach. I've been reading about them and it sounds like one of the best jobs ever. I will tell you more about this and maybe might even have a go at it. After four o'clock this afternoon. Plus, we've got a 60-second guide for you. We'll do what's going on as well. And before we get into all of those things, I like to start the show by telling you what I'm enjoying and what I'm not enjoying in any given seven-day period. We do the best and the worst things in the world this week. But I I almost think there's too many things that have entertained me this week. So, instead of, you know, starting on the negatives and then moving on to the positives. It's all good. It's all positive. I've got three things that have just really entertained me. I will share them with you now. Okay. Two of them relate to girl band beef, which is always a great topic. Uh, The first one, this is one of the best things in the world this week to me. This isn't necessarily from this week. I've, I've, I've discovered it this week. So I'm sharing it with you right now. You know, the Saturdays, the girl band, the Saturdays, they were good in their time. They were really good. The sort of, early to mid 2010s was their era which is also very much my era of like being at secondary school and all that stuff um when they were together as a girl band making songs they had a tv crew follow them around for a bit to make like a reality tv show about them a fly on the wall type documentary you know think keeping up with the kardashians or the osborns <laughs> Osborne, <laughs> that's like a 20 year old reference, Um, that kind of thing, um, but it got cancelled, basically and they never finished it and the, the film crew kind of pulled out basically, because it became apparent fairly quickly that the Saturdays were actually really, really boring like, they were expecting to get all this conflict and drama and falling out, and there wasn't any of that, it was just all those people, I think there are five of them in the Saturdays, yeah just having a nice time and enjoying each other's company and having fun and having a laugh with no drama and because of that this was deemed too boring for TV and so they went oh no let's not do that and it got cancelled never got shown on TV because it was just too wholesome and I like that it just you know I like when bands are just chill they have a nice time they decide the time's right to go away and then they do it see also JLS that, you know they had a good time, and then like right, well we haven't like fallen out, but our time has come. Let's let's call it off and go and live on a farm. Much respect. Um, someone that probably should have gone to live on a farm <laughs> is that a really horrible thing to say? Um, is the subject of the best thing in the world number two this week? Uh, do I want to wade into this? I feel like I'm committed now. Uh, have you been following the the Little Mix? Fallout. out. This made me sad. Little Mix are, again, a good band. They make good pop songs, and it does make me slightly sad that it's all sort of fallen apart a little bit. I mean, it hasn't. You know, the whole Jesse versus the other three. Um, it's not pretty. It's not enjoyable to watch. I mean, it, it is a little bit. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's entertaining, but it's not necessarily enjoyable. And all sorts of things have been sort of slung about in the tabloid press this week. And one of them, which has just made me laugh, is Jesse Nelson. Obviously, you know, it's been pretty well publicised that they've, like, unfollowed each other on Instagram and they've blocked her and all that, all that. But did you know Jesse Nelson has also blocked Perry Edwards' dog? Yep. <laughs> That's how deep this beef goes. Even blocking dogs' accounts on Instagram. Just in case they used to to spy. <laughs> it's perry edwards dog's account (laughs) that kind of thing can't be taking any risks whatsoever so so the dog's gone sorry tough luck um so that is one of the other best things in the world but this might be better than all of them it doesn't really relate to any kind of girl band beef at all um matt hancock the former health secretary i don't think could really be considered a, a band member but do you remember, you remember those those photos, the video? We all we all saw it. It was horrible. Horrible. So he's been, you know, binned off out of the government. He's not health secretary anymore. But he did get a new job offer from the United Nations. It's a big deal. And they wanted him to help the economy of the continent of Africa recover after the COVID pandemic. And everyone was like, I'm sorry, Matt Hancock? You, you've asked Matt Hancock. Have you, have you seen these photos? Um, But anyway, um, he's been he's been unoffered the job. They've withdrawn the offer. They've taken it away. (laughs) They've said, sorry, we've changed our minds. We've seen those photos of you and that person in your office. And we don't want you to work for the UN anymore. Sorry. Goodbye. And it's been like taken away before he even started. I do. I shouldn't feel sorry for him because he seems like a, uh, you know, I don't know but I I do pity him a little bit. (laughs) It just never goes his way. But then again, maybe it's all, all deserved. I don't know. So those are the best and the worst things in the world this week, except mostly all good. Coming up next, I've had the strangest experience in a branch of Halfords of all places. I need to tell you about it just to work out what on earth happened after Coldplay and BTS. This is my universe on Wizard Radio. Wizard Radio, Coldplay and BTS with my universe. Excellent. Um on the way, Julia Wolf and Sam Fender, whose new album has been much more warmly received than the new Coldplay album, I believe, if the uh, the Guardian is to be believed. Anyway, um I'm Alec Feldman. Hello. I'm a cyclist. I talk about this quite a lot because um, based- since I became a cyclist, when was it? Probably about 18 months ago now. It's got I've got I've gone through phases basically where some of the time I'm like, wow, this is the best thing ever. I love it. It's like riding a driving a car. You get places really quickly, but it doesn't cost you anything. And then I go through other phases of going, oh, God, this is awful. It's cold. It's wet. The bike always breaks and costs loads of money to get fixed. And um, at the moment, I'm in one of the latter phases. It's just, you know, it's, it's not been running as well as it normally does. The brakes have kind of <laughs> gone. They don't really work anymore. So I thought I'd take it in for a service. I took it into a a bike shop and left it with them. And they came back and they were like, oh yeah, no, this needs lots of work doing to it. It needs new this, new that, new chain, new gears. Oh, this needs replacing, but we can't just replace that. We have to replace all of this as well. And I was like, oh, how much is that going to cost me then? £150 they wanted to repair a bike that's like like 10 months old. (laughs) They basically want to replace everything that moves. So it's almost a new bike and charge me lots of money for doing it. And I was not particularly down with that. So I had to go back to the bike shop the next day and be like, I've I've had a think about it, but actually, I'd like you to not do anything. Please, can I have it back? And it was a bit awkward when they were like, okay, but, you know, it's not not safe. You will need to get it done. And I was like, "Mm mm-hmm, okay, thanks, let me go now, bye. So off I went. And I was like, oh, well, what do I do now? I still have a bike that doesn't really have working brakes and all the gears keep crunching every time. What do I do with this? So I took it to another place. I took it to Halford, where I I bought it from originally. Um, And I was like, ah, might be under warranty. Here we go. And I took it in. And the guy was like, oh, you're right. And I was like, yeah, I'm booked in for a service. And he was like, you're not booked in for a service. You're actually booked in for an inspection. And I was like, oh, okay. I see how this is going to go. And I just, in that moment, I was like, oh, okay, no. Any hope I had of getting this done on the cheap has vanished. He's clearly not that not that kind of person. And um, he was like, so what's what's wrong with it? And I was like, well, I've been given this whole list of things that are wrong with it by another shop. And they said it would cost me a lot of money to fix. And he, he said, well, I'll probably tell you that there's a lot that needs fixing. It'll cost you a lot of money. And I was like great thanks so he had a look at it and he was like how much did they say it cost you again and i was like 150 pounds and he was like okay and then he he didn't say anything else and he was just stood there sort of looking at it inspecting things tweaking things getting some screwdrivers out and tightening stuff up and all that not really saying anything to me and i was just stood there this went on for a good i would say five to ten minutes he was just Tinkering with the bike And I was stood there Watching Um And After 10 minutes goes by He says Um So How much did they ask, Tell you it'll be again And I was like 150 quid And he was like 150 How about zero And I was like <gasps> What And he was like Yeah Like there's some stuff That we'll need replacing eventually But But not yet Like I've, I've Sort of tightened some things up So it should last you a bit longer uh, just go for a ride on it, see how it feels, and so I took it for a little ride around the shop, <laughs> try not to crash into anything, and I was like, oh, "Wow, that's amazing! How did you do that?" He was like, "I'm a bike technician." I mean, that—that that is just a mic drop moment right there. Like, how did I'm a mic technician? Thug life, poof, all that, and I was like, "Wow, what a legend!" and and I was just saying, like, wow, thank you so much. Like, you've saved me loads of money here. I really appreciate that. You're a legend. You were just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so odd because I sort of felt like I was being told off. He'd just done a really, really, really nice thing for me, a lovely thing. He'd fixed my bike and not charged me a penny. And, yeah, I felt like he was sort of angry at me and I couldn't quite work it out. And I was like, so, um, is there anything I can do to maintain my bike a bit better? And he was like, yeah, your bike's minging, mate. He called my bike minging. Uh, How how could you say that? I mean, it was a bit dirty. A little bit. Come on. She she has ears. She has feelings. Come on. (laughs) And I just felt so, so savaged by this guy who'd just done me the kindest thing ever. And it was very, very strange. And he was just like... Buy this spray, keep it clean, look after it, and don't tell anyone I fixed it for free, which I have now technically broken, but I feel like, you know, the the, 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 the Borg, the corporate machine probably won't find out. I doubt they listen to this show and could ever work out who, when, or where it was. It's fine. But what a legend. I would like to shout out this guy for being incredible. And at the same time, being being a bit mean to me, I don't, I didn't know how to feel immediately after that. Grateful that my bike had been fixed for free, and it didn't actually need anything doing to it really, apart from a few tweaks here and there. But also, just slightly offended. It's a very conflicting state of emotions to feel at once. But all in all, I'm just happy to be 150 quid richer than I would other be, especially after my my train-related incident last weekend. Oh yeah. Heyday is coming soon, I hope. Um, right, this is Julia Wolf and Nikes on Wizard Radio right now.
1: <laughs>
2: Julia Wolf and Nikes on Wizard Radio. Afternoon, Alec Feldman here. Coming up, Sam Fender and coffee. Do you remember um, 2020? You probably do. It was pretty memorable as years go. So many things were sort of planned in like the first three months of 2020 that never actually came to be, which is sad, but, you know, that's what happens in a, in a pandemic. Never quite ends up how you expected things to. And right back at the beginning of March 2020, when coronavirus was just this mysterious thing that was happening in China, but we'd probably be fine. Ha <laughs> ha, imagine. Um, I got signed up to do... A Tough Mudder. If you don't know what that is, basically, it's like a an obstacle course. Um, you go through it. You do, like, it's sort of running, but also with obstacles. And it's very muddy, obviously. And you just get kind of tired and filthy completing it. And I got signed up to it. And I was sort of thinking, do I really want to do this? Mm, probably not. But it might, you know, it'll be an experience. It'll be fun. I'll give it a go. And so I kind of agreed that we'd do it in, like, April 2020. <laughs> and, of course, we all remember how March 2020 ended. And the Tough murder in April 2020 never never came. And i basically forgotten about it for about, I don't know, 18 months after that. Until they started sending emails to me again. Being like, oh, we've rescheduled your date. You're now doing it in October. And I was... Kind of thinking well well no I'm, I'm not I'm not doing it in October that's not gonna happen um, but obviously I'd never really bothered to tell anyone that so the emails kept coming and you know there would be like two days to go one day to go there are no excuses can't wait to see you and I was I was thinking well you you won't see me there's no way this is happening right now I'm not fit enough right now to do a tough mud I would die um but then the day that it was meant to be came and went, and I didn't do it, obviously. And then the day after, I got another email from them. What did it say? Shall I get the email out? It was, it was very, very nice actually. The email said, um, "I should have got this up earlier, really, but you know, why would I? Why would I plan ahead?" The email said, "You crushed the course. Congrats, Mudder. You crushed it and picked up some serious bragging rights." So basically, they have now bestowed upon me the right to brag about the fact that I've done a tough mudder, even though I haven't. <laughs> but I've got the bragging rights because they said so in an email. So if anybody asked, that was the thing that happened. And genuinely, when I did get that email, this is the, this is the dumbest thing ever. But there was genuinely a small part of me that went, oh, that's nice. What a nice email to get They're congratulating me even though i know full well that i didn't do it i do not deserve that praise it still did feel kind of nice to get it even though i didn't do it weird possibly a little bit but it is a nice feeling can you relate have you ever been congratulated for something you would never actually done how did you take it were you fully accepting the praise were you like oh yes it was nothing really did you come clean about the fact that you hadn't actually done it? Or did you just soak it all up and enjoy it and basically lie? If that's up to you, get in touch, get involved with the show. I love getting your stories on. 07807 183 538. That's my number. 07807 183 538. On email, it's station at wizardradio.co.uk. Or if you would like to get me on the socials at wizradio. Have you ever been congratulated for something you haven't actually done? What was it? What happened? All the details. Please send them my way. I'll play you Sam Fender. This is really good. Get You Down. It's on Wizard Radio right
1: now. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Mediocre broadcasting since 2017. Sam Fender and Get You Down was before that.
2: It's Alec Feldman until 5 What's Going On is coming up. And I'll play you Adele and H, that new Adele song. Wow. Yeah, that's coming up next. I got congratulated via email for completing a park, not a park run, a Tough Mudder, like a, a muddy obstacle course run thing. Got signed up to it in March 2020, never did it, but it got rescheduled and the email came through saying, well done, you smashed it, even though I, I definitely didn't smash it and genuinely did feel quite good about it. The fact that I'd got a nice email congratulating me for something I hadn't even done. And, um, had some messages in, including from Oliver. who says, last summer, in the last school assembly before GCSEs, my head of year decided to do an award ceremony to celebrate the students who have done the best in each subject and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I remember those. Really boring. And, um, your hands end up hurting because all you do is just sit there going, And clapping for people pretty much continuously, and it's, it's painful and boring. Did I mention it, it was boring? Anyway, um, Oliver's message continues I'm a very average student, I wasn't expecting to be called up for anything. So, as you can imagine, I was very surprised when I was awarded the best student award for the gifted and talented program. It's even more surprising because I wasn't in the gifted and talented program. They wrote my name down wrong. (laughs) They didn't mean to give it to me. But in the meantime, I did walk up. I accepted the award. I thanked my head of year. I walked down off the stage, sat down with the award in my hands. For a moment, I felt what it felt like to be smart. You can't tell a story like that and then miss out loads of detail. Okay, so so you went up. You accepted the award knowing that it wasn't your award. (laughs) Did you have to give a speech? As the best student in the gifted and talented program, do you get to go and say, Ah, thank you so much, everyone. I really am gifted and talented. And I'm guessing there's probably not a speech. I don't remember any acceptance speeches at my school awards. But um, so that happened. You sat down with the award in your hand. And then what? A teacher comes up to you and goes, "Oh, sorry, Oliver. We've made a terrible mistake. That's not for you. Give it here. And (laughs) then takes it away. Surely not. Surely... If you've made that mistake, you do have to commit to it because otherwise it's just horrible. Think about what that did to your self-esteem. How cruel of them to take away your award for being the best student in the Gifted and Talented program, despite not being in the Gifted and Talented program. That's the kind of thing that could scar you for life. They've, they've, you'll need therapy for that. When you're in like counseling in 30 years' time, they'll bring up that moment as like a pivotal moment in your life. All because the teachers took the award away from you. I probably need more details, but um, what a story. I bet it did did feel good, didn't it? Even though you knew, you knew deep down in your heart of hearts that you weren't the best student in the gifted and talented program. Uh, David says, uh, I've kind of had it the other way around. Are you aware of bar mitzvahs? Am I aware of bar mitzvahs? Please, of course I'm aware of bar mitzvahs. I had one. Um, when I had mine a few years ago the number of times I opened up all the nice congratulation cards that got sent written for my brother turns out loads of my parents friends don't really know that I exist so instead of writing my name on the cards they would write my brother's name instead and this was really funny until I realised that all of the checks yes I was given checks were written out to my brother that was less funny so now I know how it feels to be not congratulated by people for your own hard work. Oh, that, that's outrageous. That's that's so cruel. I mean, I'm just trying to think what proportion of my extended family know my name. Probably, probably not a lot in fairness. They'll either not know my name or know my name slightly wrong. They'll think I'm called like Alex or Aled or Alan. Um... That's, that is, that's, because that's basically what they've said, David. I mean, I don't want to kick a man when he's down it, but they've basically said, oh, yes, your brother, the more memorable, talented, interesting one. It's his bar mitzvah. What a, what a good boy. Well done him. Um, even though it was actually you all along. How can you not realize these things? Were they not sat there watching you strut your stuff and thinking, hang on a minute? That's, that's not David's brother. Let's say your brother's called... Craig. That's not Craig. That's David. No, did they not? (laughs) Oh, dear. I hope your brother did you know, transfer you the the appropriate value of the cheques that were given to you in his name. He was just looking after them for you. (laughs) Surely you didn't get the money in the end. I don't know. Um, Zoe says, when I was really young, my mum booked me and my sister to go to a summer camp in the holidays. Bailed at the last minute. Just stayed home at the summer in the end which I think was the better decision. Halfway through, my mum got an email from the summer camp basically saying, your kid's doing really well. Here's what they've been up to. And it was supposed to have pictures of us doing things, but obviously we weren't there. So there were just pictures of somebody else's children. Just a random kid playing football in a field. I also congratulated actually to my lovely pottery work though. Um, I don't know who it actually was. That very good. And did you feel good? Did it make you feel good that... You were deemed talented at pottery? I hope so. Um, get that picture of that random kid playing football framed. I a ha- really happy family memory, that. That's too good. Why Why would they send a random child? Uh, too many questions, not enough time. Thank you so much for your messages. They've made me laugh. Are you ready for the new Adele song? just came out yesterday. It's, I'm going to say... It's it's at midnight, so that's 24, plus 12 is 36, plus 3 is 39, this song is 39 hours old, it's so new, and it's just a classic Adele song, isn't it, already, this is brand new from Adele, Easy On Me on Wizard Radio, it's Wizard Radio, and that was the new song from Adele, called Easy On Me, I'm Alec Feldman, wasn't that good, one of the most streamed songs ever in its first 48 hours, I believe. When I say I believe, I mean, James Gilmore just told me, so it must be true. (laughs) Coming up, H, and then we'll do what's going on. Um, So there's a new trend, which is a little bit obnoxious, but I'm sort of quite enjoying. Have you ever written a book that's been published? That's quite a niche question. The answer is probably no. I I haven't. I haven't got around to it yet. Um, But when people do, I feel like it it changes them slightly as people. Uh, if you have a book published, you become like a professional author and it gets in bookshops and stuff. I feel like some people let that get to their head a little bit and it becomes like their everything. It's like their child, you know. They've pushed that out over a process of many, many months or years. So you can kind of understand why they're protective over it. And um, what they like to do a lot of the time, um, which is fair enough, I kind of understand it, is go into the bookshops where their book is being sold and just you know have a look at it um take a picture of the book on the shelf maybe see if it's in the window all that kind of stuff and they quite enjoy it but on the other hand of that they can also get a bit precious because if it's not perhaps displayed prominently enough they'll get offended because they'll be like why is my book the best book ever written not in the front window of this bookshop? Why is it not got a glowing review and recommended so everybody buys it? And they get a bit weird. And I have heard of I've heard of people sneaking into bookshops and um moving their book to like the the front window and seeing how long it stays there. But this is this is going a bit far now. Because um there's an author What's her? her name is Julie Bindel, and she is she is um a a a person who writes books about feminism, but I believe it's a very specific type of feminism that excludes um, or is critical towards transgender people. So it doesn't sound very nice. Um, and she's written this book about whatever it is, and she's gone around calling up branches of Waterstones. To find out whether they're displaying her book prominently enough—that's bonkers. Surely that's bonkers. And she's gone. Oh, do excuse me. Um, <laughs> I forgot I set that. That's the timer going off. I don't have COVID. That's good. Um, anyway, she's been calling at Waterstones, going, "Where's my book? Is it in the window? Is it displayed in alphabetical order in the appropriate section? Is it in the new section? Where is it? Is it prominent? Can people see it?" And she's been phoning them up, and they've been going, no, "I mean, here's what's probably been happening. They've been going." Who's this? Who's this crazy person calling? Yeah, yes, yes. It's in the right. It's in the right place. Don't you worry. Um, but then she's gone into the shops to see it in person and not been able to find it, and she's kicked off. Basically, she's gone up to them and gone, "Have you got this book in stock?" And they've gone, "Oh yeah, we do actually." And they've gone to the back to get it out of their store cupboard, and she's fuming. Um, and <laughs> she started ranting about it on Twitter, going, "Can any bookshops actually put my book on display?" And I feel like there is no quicker way to guarantee a bookshop will not put your book on display than A, calling up to check it's in stock, B, going in to check it's in stock, and then C, tweeting about the fact that it's not prominently enough displayed. Maybe, just, just maybe, hear me out on this one. Maybe your book's just not very good. Maybe that's why no one wants to display it in their shop. Just, just, just putting that one out there. I don't know if it's true. I've not read it, but maybe just calm down and... Worry less about where it is in the bookshop And more about what the book contains I think Is probably some good advice From someone who has never written a book Right, coming up next What's going on? Our little Saturday afternoon game will be on After H, Avelino and Toddly T Party round my place on Wizard Radio H, Avellino, Toddly T With Party round my place Wizard Radio on a Saturday afternoon You're with Alec Feldman Hi Time to play this. What's going
0: on?
2: This is a little game. If you want to have some entertainment, then get involved with what's going on right now. All you have to do is listen carefully to the clip I'm about to play you. Once you've heard it, try and work out what you're hearing, what's happening, explain it to me. What is the accompanying visual to this clip? What is happening? It's very easy. The more creative the better, the weirder the better. Just go off what you can hear, what comes to mind in your imagination, any evidence you can use, powers of deduction, all that. Very simple. The weirder the better. You don't have to be right. We're just having a bit of a laugh on a Saturday afternoon. So, this week's clip that you have to explain sounds like this.
1: And when
0: that line's up...
2: So there's there's some beeping. There's a constant beeping throughout. And there's some people talking. Those are, are men's voices, I think. And there's a little, a little, I don't know, like a noise, a crash type noise towards the end as well. Um, that's kind of what you've got to go on today. If you have any ideas about what is taking place there, then get involved. You can text me on this number, 07807 183 538. Um, 07807 183 538 is that number. Email is station at wizardradio.co.uk. Twitter, Instagram is at wizradio. With your wildest suggestions for what could possibly be going on in this clip here and then when that lines up (laughs) Uh, have you got any ideas you might you might have seen this one there is a chance so any correct guesses or wild suggestions, send them all my way And we will get the answer before the end of the show At five o'clock On the way, Elton John and Dua Lipa, The song that was robbed nine times in the fresh list this week And the song that was number one in the fresh list this week The Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber on, off the news at four
1: I, the voiceover guy, have been paid a small one-off fee To let you know that you're listening to Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio Wizard Radio with Elton
2: John Hi my name is Elton John, and before that, um, I don't know why I made him more than uh, the Kid Laura, Justin Bieber, with Stay. Hello, Alec Feldman on until five o'clock afternoon. Thank you for hanging out with me. In return for your company, I'll play you songs, including Gracie Abrams and Monaskin as well. Let's talk about life coaching. Have you ever heard of this, this life coaching thing? Because I was reading about it this week, and I'm sort of oddly fascinated by it. Basically... Uh, It's a whole industry dedicated to people telling other people how they can be more successful and happy. Kind of like therapy, but without the lengthy training process and qualification and vetting that you have to go through to become a therapist. And this is the the, the, sort of the weird thing about it that I've noticed. Um, So there are these people who are life coaches. There's like a few sort of OG life coaches who would coach people on their lives and tell them how to be better at living their lives. But then a lot of the people they coached, you know, about their lives, then went on to become life coaches. And a lot of those life coaches, we'll call them the second gen life coaches, um, you know, coached people to improve their lives. And then the people they coached decided, hang on a minute, what if... I became a life coach and passed my wisdom on to other people. So the cycle continues. And basically, everybody that gets life coaching then decides they they themselves want to become a life coach. It feels a bit like a sort of a well-being pyramid scheme. The only job as a life coach really is to sign up future life coaches. Um, with the ultimate goal of, I suppose, everyone in the world being a life coach. Um... And genuinely, there are these programs you can do. Like there's, there's more money in courses to become a life coach than there is in just being a life coach. It's so, so strange. So like you can do a course, pay whatever it is, 1500 quid. Go on a course, they tell you how to be a life coach. There's no like formal outside body or anything that can approve you and say, congrats, you now have all the skills to become a life coach. You can sort of just make up your own qualification, basically, if you pay enough money you can decide that you're a life coach, which then qualifies you to teach other people and do your own courses. Like I said, it just kind of disappears up its own bum. It is a pyramid scheme, I'm sure of it. Um, but that's what's happening. We are just creating life coaches at a exponential rate. The number of life coaching courses and qualified, qualified life coaches shot up massively in the last few years. And you know me, I love a new hobby. But more than a new hobby, I want to make lots of money in a very small space of time. So, I think becoming a life coach is actually quite a good idea. Um, You know, it seems like a good source of money. You can charge lots of money for your life coaching sessions. But also, (laughs) then you can trade all the future life coaches and make more money that way. Everyone's a winner except the people at the very bottom of the pyramid. Um, So, I'm going to give it a go. going to try and become a life coach. Advise people on how to do it. Now, like I said, there's no formal qualification system for this. So what I will have to do is just you know decide that I'm qualified, and that because of that, I am now qualified as a life coach. So here we go, I'm ready. I've spent a lot of money, I mean I've spent a lot of time learning how to be a life coach, and I'm now ready for my first client. So uh, James Gilmore has very kindly volunteered to have some life coaching from me. Now, because um, this is my first time, I am giving it to you, James, on the house. Thank you. But in, Thank you. in future, I will be charging you a lot of money.
0: That's fine. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm happy to be a guinea pig. P- guinea pig. Don't know why I couldn't speak there. Do you do speech <laughs> therapy as well? Um no
2: no that's an actual profession that you need Fine. to be qualified for. Um, um no I'm just, want, just life coaching for now.
0: How do you want me to set the the theme for this? Do you want relaxing meditation music, upbeat Ooh, music? What yeah, sort of thing do you want? Yeah,
2: let's yeah let's go for relaxing.
0: Let's go for relaxing.
2: Okay. You know, sit down, sit down in my my long chair, make yourself comfortable, but not too comfortable. Please remain clothed at all times.
0: Oh, so well, I'm relaxed.
2: Good. So, so James, tell me, how do you feel your life is going right now? Pretty well. Good, good. You happy with where you are in life?
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Professionally satisfied? Um, yeah, yeah. Personally satisfied? You're going to open a door here that you're going to regret that you've opened.
2: Aha. Uh-huh. Actually, this, is, this is my opportunity. Well, tell tell me more. What do you What do you mean by that?
0: I've been struggling recently. Oh, what, what have you What have you been struggling with? I, I never thought I okay. I never thought I'd open up about this. I'm your life coach. You can tell me anything as long as you keep paying me. The thing is, my problem is actually to do with opening up. Would you like to open up about your problems with opening up? Yeah, I feel I feel like I can talk to you about this, and you won't judge me for it.
2: Absolutely not. I'd never do that.
0: So, my problems with opening up, specifically. Sorry, this is this, this is it's hard. Okay. It's okay. Specifically, Boston the toilet. Alec, I'm constipated. Really, oh really badly.
2: Oh, I'm I'm so sorry to hear that. Well, I am your life coach, and I can help you um, work through this, please, and make make your life better. Now, do the first you know, thing.
0: Do you know how unsatisfying it is to sit on the toilet waiting for the best part of the day <laughs> to do a poo?
2: Oh, wait to lower the tone here.
0: Um- and five minutes goes by. 10 minutes goes by and you end up just just leaving because it, it you know it's such a letdown and this is a um and please pardon the pun a brown mark on my life right now
2: <laughs> Come on. Um, well, listen, I know you said you had problems opening up, but um, if anything, I'd like you to be slightly less open. That's my first bit of advice to you as oh, your wow. life coach. Wow, um, okay, okay. My second advice, obviously, you've got this problem, and it's preventing you from living a fulfilling and happy life. Yeah. And I think the first thing, the most important thing for you to know is that this is entirely your fault. There what? Are no There are no external circumstances at play. There's no trauma there's nothing bad what? that's happened. This is, this is all on you. You need to take responsibility for your own actions.
0: I'm not paying you to shout. Oh, I'm not paying you at all. But why are you shouting at me? Because I'm your life coach. <laughs> I'm not your therapist. Uh, this is uh, what I we complain.
2: do. We deliver hard truth. And the truth is, if you had more fiber in your diet, this would not be a problem. It's but all eat, your
0: fault. I eat fruit and fiber cereal every night. Well, then you're not drinking enough. Stop that throwing past your problems true. onto other people. That's probably true. I'm probably not drinking enough, to be honest, but...
2: <gasps> I think we've had a breakthrough. Damn. You've taken responsibility for why your life is so bad. It's all Well, wait you. a second. If you just I... thought
0: more positively, it would be better. I could have told you I didn't... I mean, I did tell you I didn't drink enough. Well, I, 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 I know told that. you back, and that's what matters. I see. I feel... I'm going to be honest. Can we... Can this be an open and honest space? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I opened up to you in a way that I've not been able to do recently. And do you use that vulnerability to shout at me? I'd never do that.
2: I'm just here to make your life better. I feel hurt. Well, maybe that's your own fault.
0: (laughs) You know what? All right, let's let's turn the music off. Let's turn the music off. Let's snap out of this space. Okay. I, I want to give you a performance review, Alec. Okay, okay. You were grating, mm. mean, mm. harsh-spirited, mm. and overall, I think you'd make a great life coach.
2: Thank you. Um, oh, by the way, just before you go, would you like to become a life coach
0: yourself by any chance you know what one of my favorite things to do is shouting at people so actually sign me right up brilliant i'll get you on the training program that'll be
2: 1500 pounds thank you very much. this is gracie abrams on wizard radio gracie abrams and feels like wizard radio i think we've all just about recovered from that um quite brutal life coaching session but that's what it's all about it's about the hard truths So if you're interested in joining the Alec Feldman Life Coaching Programme, then just send a cheque for £1,500 to to me. Uh, Don't do that. That'll be a massive waste of your money and time. So, um, if you're British and kind of disgustingly middle class, then there's a fair chance that a lot of your childhood bank holidays will have been spent being dragged to National Trust properties. The National Trust, basically, they're like a charity who preserve all these old buildings all these old stately homes for future generations to come and look at and see how the other half used to live um, and they're, they're quite a big deal they've got places all over the country and they've had a bit of a reckoning in the last couple of years because they've realized that a lot of their buildings that they look after all these grand old houses owned by former rich people the people that used to own them probably had quite dubious pasts um ethically questionable profiting off imperialism or slavery or all sorts of not very nice and quite racist things basically and that's what this whole national trust empire is built on and people sort of started pointing this out and going why are we like celebrating this why is there no information about this at these places that you preserve and to their credit the national trust have actually been been pretty good about it because in the last few years they've had like a new person take over in charge and she's been really big on like you know giving the full accurate historical information being like well yes they did this this and this but also they were kind of bad people because of all these reasons now if you like history you can't really complain about that because all it is is giving more history and more accurate history it's not like a one sided thing anymore it's it's balanced it's got the truth and the reality and it's ugly glory so for anyone that actually likes history it sounds like quite a good thing because the more accurate the better but a lot of people are getting quite angry about it and basically the national trust is now at war like its members are at war with the executives you run it you know all these like middle class home counties probably pensioners um are fuming because they don't quite like you know the truth and so there's a big war on and sort of split into two two sides the, the half that don't want anything to change and the other half that are like well we're here to present history this is history and I just think it's quite an interesting fight and I want to see who's going to win it could go either way at the moment and um, they're trying to the sort of the you know the, the pensioners the members that I think are trying to oust the current leadership and try and install their own you know anti-woke leadership whatever the hell that means um And, you know, I'm I'm keeping an open mind um, as someone who did spend a lot of time in these National Trust properties as a child. I do have, I guess, an alternative take in this. I am not currently a member of the National Trust, but I could probably be persuaded to join if I I had the money for it, which I don't. um, And back whichever side can promise me one thing. And that one thing is every National Trust place I've ever been to. They seem to hate kids. There's never anything interesting for kids to do. And everywhere you go, there's like, well, you know, the ropes and the signs that say, do not touch and all that stuff. I will back in this National Trust war, whichever side promises to let me touch things again. That's all I want. I want to be able to bounce on the bed that was once slept on by some, I don't know, baron in the 1800s. I want to be able to sit in their armchair and all that stuff. If you are going to let me do that, then I will vote for you quite happily to take over the National Trust. Do what you want, don't really care, as long as you can get rid of all the do not touch signs. That's my take. Um, other middle class people may differ, but those are my thoughts on this very pressing matter of national importance. Uh, coming up next, are you the king, queen or monarch of procrastination? I would like to crown one of you in a minute. We'll do that after Skin, Mamma Mia, Wizard Radio. Wizard Radio with Mona Skin, Mamma Mia. They were the Italian Eurovision entry, if you remember them. You know, the the, the uh, controversial one who won it. Uh, it's Alec Feldman, hi. Coming up, Justice Bennett and Ed Sheeran, or Sheeran as he prefers to be known. Before that, though, um, I am broadcasting for the second week now from my new desk. I love it very much. I've been sort of improvising with various other surfaces. Basically for for three months since I moved. Moved to a new place, no longer had a desk because it like you know, just wasn't included in the furniture and spent basically three months trying to buy one. Finally managed it, I've now got it, it's in place and I'm very, very happy, but not having a desk really messed things up for me in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm convinced that I've put on loads of weight because whenever I've wanted to use my laptop, I have to do it in the kitchen. I think that's that's probably bad news. So I'm nice, I'm happy to be protected from that now by being in here. Also, it really screwed up my unpacking because I didn't realize this, but so much of my bedroom and the way it's laid out and the where places I put things revolve around the desk. And if there's no desk, then I've got nowhere to put half of my things. And so it really messed with that. And because of the absence of a desk, after I moved, I sort of I unpacked all the like the important stuff that I need on a day-to-day basis. My, my clothes, basically. But everything else, I just sort of left in boxes. And put them all in a little pile in the middle of the room and just left them there. Because I, just, I couldn't deal with them. Because I didn't have anywhere to put half the stuff. Like I had drawers, I had shelves. But to know what can go on the drawers and shelves, I have to know what's going on the desk. And then everything else can fall into place around that. Basically, having a desk was like the missing piece of this puzzle for me. And until I had a desk, I literally couldn't do any of these other things. Now, whether that's actually true or not, maybe I was just being really lazy. I am quite impressed with the fact that it did take me three months after moving into this new place to fully unpack all of my things. I think that's a pretty good example of putting things off. Um... three months is a long time to put something off especially something as like as major as that literally having all of my things in boxes but can you beat me are you better at putting things off and procrastinating than I am I would like to crown the procrastination king or queen or generic monarch this afternoon are you better than that is there anything you've put on for longer put off sorry for longer than three months is it a big thing? Is it a small thing? What have you been putting off? How long have you pu- been putting it off for? One of you will be crowned the procrastination king, queen or monarch. And you don't get anything for it other than an invisible crown. If you'd like that, then send me a message. Tell me what you've been putting off and how long. And whichever I deem to be the biggest thing for the longest amount of time, then you get the invisible crown. Oh seven eight oh seven one eight three five three eight is the number for that on Twitter and Instagram it's at Wiz Radio, and if you wish to email me station at wizardradio.co.uk is how you can do that what is the longest you have been putting something off for you come on let's get a uh, competition going we'll see what the longest biggest thing is and one of you will get to be the procrastination king queen or monarch after Ed Sheeran and Justice Bennett have you ever heard of Justice Bennett before we started playing his songs you might have done, you might not have done and if Justice Bennett's is a new name to you, you might want to know a bit more about him. I pride myself on my musical knowledge. I like to be informed and accurate and truthful. And that's why I do these 60-second guides where I do loads of research, put it all into a paragraph, and then share it with you now. So, let's get a 60-second guide to Justice
1: Bennett's. Alex, totally accurate, definitely not made-up 60-second guide.
2: Justice Bennett was a legionnaire in the Roman army who was stationed in Northumberland, near Hadrian's Wall, in the late 200s. He had humble beginnings, born to an unwealthy family in Rome. But when the opportunity arose to join the army age 17, he took it in a flash. The experience took him halfway across the Roman empire. He helped conquer countries in those cool looking boats and do whatever else the Romans did until he finally ended up in Northern England. He was tasked with the all important job of keeping the Scots out which he did mostly successfully. There were a few occasions when he might have let one or two of them slip through when he wasn't looking, but 99% of the time did a good job. The reason we are able to talk about Justice Bennett's today is because his very well-preserved remains were dug up whilst excavations were taking place to build the Metro Centre in the Northeast. They were moved to a museum, when and where he was originally found is now Heron Foods, and that is Justice Bennett's in 60 seconds.
1: Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Come and join the fun. From a safe distance.
2: Ed Sheeran and Shivers. Wizard Radio for a Saturday. Hello, my name is Alec Felsman. Played Justice Bennett's and Bad Day before that on the way. Mahalia and Dylan. Are you the king or queen or reigning monarch of procrastination? You might be. I took three months from moving in until I'd unpacked all of my stuff. It was a very long time. It just sat there for ages. I needed a desk before I could do anything with it. Oh, not fun, but it's done now. I finally got around to it. What about you? Can you beat that and steal my crown? Let's have a look. Paige says, I might beat you this time, Alec. Okay, okay. All talk, but let's see. For my birthday two years ago, one of my friends bought me some clothes and they gave me the receipt for them just in case I didn't like them or they didn't fit anyway. I hated them. Decided I would take them back to the shop, except... I never did. Five months passed. I finally thought, okay, I should take these back. Five months it took. I went to the shop. It was a chain that doesn't actually exist anymore, probably because of people like me. And obviously, because it had been five months, they wouldn't accept it. So I just sat on the floor and I screamed and I shouted and they took the clothes back and gave me vouchers for the same amount of money. I think it was the sitting on the floor that did it. The joke is on me though, because literally a few months later, They shut down and now my vouchers are useless. I'm sorry, you... You sat on the floor and you screamed and you shouted. Paige... I'm slightly fearful of what you might do to me if I say this. But... It's not a very nice thing to do. They're just doing their jobs, you know. They they know they can't take stuff back after five months. You know you can't take stuff back after five months. First... This was a gift! Someone gave you a gift and you're like, oh no, I hate it, I want to take it back. But then you wait five months. I think they were in the right there, you know? Is, is anybody else with me? I feel like I shouldn't, I shouldn't encourage this. Sitting down on the floor and screaming and shouting at people. I'm amazed you didn't get removed by security. That's madness. What are you doing? <laughs> Sorry if this is, this is harsh, but you know, this is the new me, I'm a life coach now. I deliver all the, the tough love. And Paige, that's not cool. I mean, it worked, which I do have a begrudging respect for, but really? Really? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that one, but uh, I suppose the main point of that is that you waited five months to take some clothes back and then somehow still managed to get away with it. So I suppose you are still in contention purely because five months is longer than three months. So you're in the running. Um, despite my misgivings about the way you conducted yourself. <laughs> okay. Uh, Leon has been on. This one wasn't three months. It was still a very long time, though. Last summer in 2020, my parents decided to go away on holiday. Hang on a minute. 20... 20- holiday? In 2020? Hmm. Um, oh yeah. It says, do you remember when everyone in the country went to Spain and then loads of people got stuck over there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were... My parents, those people that got stuck, my parents were some of them. They left me and my brother at home just in case there were any issues so we wouldn't miss school. Um, and then they ended up being gone for two weeks. We just didn't do anything whilst they were gone. No washing up, no washing clothes, no throwing stuff out of the fridge, no wiping the surfaces, none of it. Until the morning they came back, it was an absolute nightmare. The house was basically empty by the time they got home. Flowers were dead, the fridge was empty, it was bad. Bad oh that's not good um how, how was the fridge empty if you didn't throw anything away you mean it was like it was empty of things that were edible because everything had just grown a new organism is that what you're talking about that's that's grim, Leon. that's really really not good i feel like i'm judging everyone for these messages but that's gross were you just eating off like filthy plates all the time no oh i couldn't live like that Like, I know you felt annoyed that they'd gone to Spain without you, but still, the only person you're messing up there is yourself. You're the one that loses out there. They don't care. It doesn't matter to them whether or not you're washing up. You're the one that really suffered there. But that is such an incredible story that I'm very much minded to crown you the procrastination king. But Ellie thinks she might hold the record for this one. She's trying to steal the crown, every september every teacher in my school gives us classwork books to do our classwork in homework books to do our homework in and asks them to cover them in sticky back plastic oh Oh, sticky back plastic oh i miss you old friend I i haven't had to use sticky back plastic in ages i think it's such a waste of plastic though and a couple of years ago i decided to take a stand i did a greta i did not wrap my books i refused some of my teachers didn't care Others did, and they kept trying to pressure me into wrapping them. In the end, I did wrap some of the books, but I did it in April. That is seven months without wrapping my books. Oh, you rebel. How could you? Seven months without wrapping your books? Outrageous, Ellie. Um, could you not have used, like, paper instead of plastic if you didn't like the plastic? I think sometimes they'd let you wrap it in, like, other bits of paper, wouldn't they? But no, no, you're right. If that that was me, if I'd refused to wrap my books, um, I probably would have got in trouble on day one. If I'd, you know, if I came in the next day and it wasn't covered in sticky up plastic, that'd be a bad note for me. And you don't you don't want a bad note. Um, but... I suppose, yeah. If you made it seven months, that's very impressive. Your school's clearly very lax on discipline. But, good on you. So, which of these people do I want to crown as the king, queen, or reigning monarch of procrastination this week? Um... In terms of epicness of the story, it's probably Leon, just for living in an absolute pigsty. But in terms of time, the longest one is seven months from Ellie in the wrapping books. And also, I like Ellie's because she doesn't sound like an awful person. (laughs) Not that the other two people did. Well, maybe a little bit. Um, (laughs) It's all with love. Um, You know, she was doing a good thing, trying to save the planet and maybe be a bit lazy. And I like that. So I think I'm going to crown Ellie the Queen of Procrastination. Well done to you. Have your invisible crown. Enjoy it. Wear it everywhere you go because you are the procrastination queen as certified by this show on Wizard Radio. Coming up next, we'll get the answers on what's going on. Mahalia AJ Tracy first. This is Roadside on Wizard Radio. Mahalia and AJ Tracy with Roadside on Wizard Radio. Alec Feldman here. Uh, But just before we get into what's going on, um, just a quick diversion. I've just seen this story and it's too funny not to mention, and it'll be really old by next week. Um, (laughs) Coldplay have written five James Bond themes that have never, obviously, made the cut, and they've never sent them. (laughs) So They've just decided they're going to write some James Bond themes, and nobody's asked them to. They've just done it, but they haven't been very good, and I find that very funny. And that was worth a mention. Anyway let's get back to our Saturday afternoon game called What's Going On? What is happening in this clip that I played you earlier on? Your guess is coming in a second, but first, let's hear it again. And
0: then when that line's up,
2: So what we can hear there is a constant beeping, there's a constant beeping noise, there's some men talking, and there's a sort of a crash and someone going, ah, towards the end. Any ideas about what is happening? I think it's quite an easy one this week, especially if you've seen it pop up on your timelines. But let's see if anyone's actually got the answer. Noah says, I think this is a clip of two people being abducted by aliens. (laughs) The big giveaway for me is the sound issues because if an alien spaceship was approaching earth we'd probably find out first cuz our technology would fail um, you always see it happen that way in the movies like the lights start flickering and all of that the people who are about to be abducted haven't realized yet that's why they're the ones talking about something else the crash noise is the ufo landing on earth breaking up everything in its path and then the two people here in the video the two, <laughs> the two people here in the video get lifted up into the spaceship that's it boom end of clip i mean this is a wild theory um yes it could be a ufo it is a vehicle it's not a spaceship don't think there are aliens involved although maybe one of them i don't know unconfirmed reports um but that's an excellent guess but completely utterly wrong as you might have guessed mariam this sounds like some kind of attack she says you can imagine the mayhem now the beeping the fuzzy sounds the crash the people fighting and clashing against each other. At one point in the clip, the camera guy turns around and you see two people training each other on how to fight. That's when you hear someone say, and then when that lines up, it's actually a fighting technique about how swords line up. Probably an old clip because they're using swords and not knives or guns, but yeah, basically it's a massacre. <coughs> um, I'm sorry. How do you, work? where are you getting all this? This is, I mean, I always say use your imagination to make it funny, but this is wild. I have no idea where any of this has come from. That is imagination running wild. There are no swords involved in this clip, and it's not old. And also, <laughs> you know when they had sword and people fought with swords, there weren't cameras? Like They probably didn't film any, any attacks back in those days when they were fighting with swords because they hadn't invented the camera yet. A, a great guess. It's made me laugh, but it's completely wrong. <laughs> Thanks for getting involved anyway. Amelia says, I think this is a video of a van crashing accidentally. Okay, now we're talking. I don't know what's wrong with the sound. In that clip, I think someone's being instructed to reverse a van into a spot or maybe into a building, like a depot or something like that. That's why you hear somebody say, and then when that lines up, it's someone helping somebody else to reverse. But then it all goes wrong. The van crashes into something, which is the crash sound. I also think it's to do with Van because it's a man's voice, and everybody knows that men equal Van. Correct. Um, men do equal Vans. Absolutely right. Well, you know what? Amelia is actually almost perfectly correct. She's just left out one small detail. This is a man driving a van being instructed by another man who is also in the van with him the van is reversing obviously that's why we've got the beeping noise and yes like Amelia said it does crash into something there is a crash they knock over some like signpost or something and that's when it goes ah and yeah literally you are exactly right that's what's happening some people reversing a, a van but what's the one detail you missed which you, to be fair you probably couldn't have guessed just based on that Who's driving the van? What's the identity of the driver? Any ideas? Has anybody seen this on their timeline? Because the person driving the van is leader of the Labour Party, Keir Starmer. He's being taught how to drive a a van. Um, We're all short of HGV drivers, so Keir's bravely stepped in to help out. They're teaching him how to reverse a lorry at the National Logistics Academy. It doesn't go very well. He crashes. He looks quite stressed out about it. And at the end, uh, the person goes, yeah, well, if this was your test, you would have failed. So that is what's going on this week. It is Circus Labour Party leader, reversing a van and crashing it, basically. So well done to Amelia, who was almost perfectly right on what's going on this week. Congratulations to you. Our time together has come to an end, my friends. Um, it's nearly five o'clock, which means I'm going to go now. But I'll speak to you again next week. Weekly Mixtape Friday, put that in your diary. Saturday, 3 till 5 as well, put that in your diary. And we'll have some more fun next week. Have a lovely week. Mars Mikulski is here after Dylan and someone else on Wizard
1: Radio. Oh, by the way, get the podcast. Thanks. There goes another episode of Alec Feldman, the podcast. Wasn't that some great content? Come back next week for more audio-based fun.